right. That's it. I'm out of here. You know what? I was thinking about it today. You know what I love the most about the bin truck? What's that? Like, my whole life, I've been driving around Durham region going, fucking people getting all these jobs, and why didn't I get these jobs? And I should have got, you know, like just in your head, right? Like, I've always thought I, that. I've always, I, like, I've I, always been. Well, I get a well, piece of yeah. I get a piece of every fucking job now. <laughs> like, all these people call me, and yeah, for, I might only get two bins out of it, but I'm like, yeah, whatever. I got something. Yeah, I and you probably have the best part of each job because you don't have to meet the client, right? Yeah. Like, you don't have to sign the papers. You just send the bin, pick it up, and then send the bill. And I found a way to get a piece of every job in Durham Region almost. Like, you know, like, well, whatever. There's always going to be jobs. But, I mean, just, I was like, man, I've expanded the network to get more. Because I was like, why did they hire that guy? Not me. I, you know. Anyway. Well, that's the way to do it. But are you, like, do you guys have, like, a Tomlinson? And stuff out that way like yeah. these big you do are they not like just monsters like they don't do bins oh they're all so over like, bins down here yeah so like where we are there's <clears throat> like where i am there's uh aren't the landscape supplier they do bins um i do bins and then there's one other guy that does bins basically to contract it, like landscape contractors hmm. and there's like only and there's only really the three of us so um, you know, Arntz is always going to be have lots of them business because they just they're huge and they exist. But then there's a certain faction of people that you know, and this isn't a dash them at all. But like the company is so big that when you call their dispatch, they're like, "Yeah, we'll bring a bit in the morning." Yeah, gotcha. sometime, sometime in the morning. Whereas if you you know, a bunch of people were calling me this morning and texting me out of the blue, like not out of the blue, but like they're like, "Oh, what's and Cody can say like, "I'll be there at ten o'clock." Because a lot of the bin clients deal direct with Cody, or they deal with me. Like, and same with Christy, like with the, the triaxles. Like, it's just a bit more, like some people, it's a bit more personal. And I think people, yeah. there's some people who, who like that. And then the other the other guy um, that does bins in our area, he's same kind of thing as us. He has, he has 20 yard bins. His bins are a bit bigger. So some people like him better because his bins are 20 yard bins. Um, I, I know him, but I don't, you know. We have, we ended up on the same jobs twice in the last two weeks with both of us putting bins down and because people just needed to get things done fast and he couldn't keep up and I couldn't keep up so we just like whatever he's a good guy like, I don't but there's not there's none of the like none of the big pits are into that kind of stuff okay like, yeah I mean I guess there's more bin people too but like for terms of like landscape clientele there's you know three probably. Now, are your clients like overfilling these bins often? Like, how's your trucks lifting up a twenty-yard bin? That's that's a heavy bin. Yeah. So my my bins are all fourteen. Okay. I so. have fourteens and tens because I I wouldn't for me personally I wouldn't put twenties out because yeah. so big and so heavy and yeah. I've heard about guys peeling the front right off the bin with the hook. Yeah. Like yeah. Like I just I I don't know like. I think we're going to get like it's so hard to get a truck right now. Someone was saying that the uh, Mac is two years out. Holy shit. A guy who has a, a Mac hook truck. And I want to get a triaxle hook truck. Um, and I'm going to get a 20, but just as a dump body. And then if something happens with one of the triaxles, we can put the dump body on it and we could use it. But I wouldn't put it out and put it on the ground. Because yeah. it's, 
around. Like we we were doing doing a pool with the guy who had the twenties and like the the clay and the the clay that was going to the fourteens. I was like, man, like this is crazy. It was the bottom of a clay, a pure wet clay pool, and then they filled the twenty up on the ground afterwards. And I was like, I I wasn't there. Can't even let that. Yeah, I was like, that can't be. And I think the fourteen. The odd person says something, and then I'm like, "Well, then take a trap step, right?" Yeah. You know, like you can put twenty in a trap so if you know what you're doing, you know how to load it right. So yeah. I have four on the road every day. I'll send you one. Like, so, uh, I, I think the fourteens are probably. I want to get a, a triaxle truck that's bigger, but then I want to still only use the fourteens, so the truck's probably bigger than what the, it needs for the bins. So yeah. You're on the truck. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I did the whole thing last week about people putting shit in the bins. And- yeah, yeah, that was good. I like that. that was um, great. Our, so our hook lift used to be a triaxle. Now it's a tandem because I don't want to spend the 30 grand on spiffing it, right? Um, so we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, we're just going to run it shitty this year. And then if it works out, we'll spice it up over the winter and yeah. make it pretty and, and stuff but i like I it like, today i floated a skid steer down to a job in a bin yeah so i just like backed it in the bin and then strapped it yeah. down and, like it's pretty yeah cool. you can I, don't know, I there's some things i love about the hook trucks and some things that i like they're super complex when they start to like fuck up like it's like <laughs> our, our mobile mechanic brad wade like he knew shit about hook trucks when we bought the first one the guy's like expert now because our now stuff, he's a pro our stuff breaks out constantly everything we own um i don't know i don't have the stomach for shit breaking down all the time like things already break down all the time and they're all new so how am i going to do with all this old shit breaking down on hook trucks it doesn't it used to it used to drive me nuts like when stuff broke down and now i'm like it, honestly i'm like whatever like i it doesn't phase me. Any, like I used to, it used to be like a, a crazy emergency. Like I think, fuck, fuck. Now I'm like, whatever. Call Brad. Or there's this like, at our shop, there's this um this old dude who like welds. And so like, when I met him, I was like, yo, bro, I just ripped the tarp off my truck on a tree, and he rewelded it. And then I ripped the tarp off on the hook the next day, and he rewelded it. And then I don't know, smash something else. And then someone smashed the stairs on the side of my truck and he ripped them off and bent them straight. And then the float fenders were like this on one of the floats. And, and the guy's like just around all the time. He kind of they do like restoration of trucks at our yard. So he's just there. I'm like, bro, like you got a whole side business here just fixing our like it's, 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 I need a guy like that at my yard who just camps out and waits for broken shit to show up. Guys. He amazes me with all the stuff he can do. And then I'm like, man, when like this guy passed away, like no one's gonna know how to do all the stuff. He like just you watch him and he's so good. And I'm like, just, people just don't do that kind of stuff anymore. They just because my immediate reaction when the tarp got ripped off the truck was fuck it, how do we buy a new one? Yeah. Like it never even occurred to me that you could bend it back and fix it and rewell. I was just like, how the hell do we get a new one? How long does it take? Where do we order it? And he was like, well, I'll just bend it, bend it. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I'll cut it and make it better. And now it works better. And he's like, this is a fabricator, right? I'm like, oh, all right. Well, that was way faster and cheaper than buying a new one until I ripped it off the truck again. And then it became more expensive than a new one because I 
fucking destroyed it twice in one week. But um, see, I've I've got an old guy who used to work for us that if you have something that's broken, he'll take it and spend hours trying to make it work, and then it doesn't work, and you're so pissed off that you have to buy a new one. <laughs> I've had that experience yet, but now that. I think we're going to start refurbishing all the line, lines on our hook trucks too, because I think that like yeah. you know, the 2006 ones are 2009. So we're going to start yeah. redoing all the hydraulic lines slowly and just yeah. some real, like we do a lot of like sort of general maintenance, but um, yeah. you know, most of our, the machines we have are all fairly new. I bought them all brand new. So they're all within three or four years old. So, um, and we have one brand new triaxle, which, can be as painful as the older triaxle we have. Because yeah, I've heard that. But... Well, like you go to send it in and they're like, like I've paid Brad to fix shit on a brand new truck because it's cheaper. Because the box got put on it in Guelph, right? So there was some problem with the PTO pump. And they're like, yeah, bring it out here. And I'm like, okay, well, that's like 300 bucks in diesel. Plus I got to pay someone. And then yeah. what if we're not done? Would they staying overnight in Guelph? Like, so... I said to Brad, like, how much is it to fix that? He's like, I'm like 400 bucks, and then I can fix it. Fix it here. Yeah. It's a brand new truck because I'm like, it's in the end, it's going to be cheaper. And yeah. These guys to do it under warranty, like, I'm like, fuck it, whatever. So there's a bunch of stuff that's happened with that truck like that where it's like, I don't, I don't know if I'd buy a new one again because I just, I don't send them back to the dealer because they vaporize from your life for a week at a time. Yeah. You're left with like, okay, well, like, I, Every day the truck sits, I lost the invoiceable time for that truck. Or yeah. piece of, any you know, piece of equipment. Not that you have any equipment that's sitting around right now, but I never. No. Well, I have a machine do. that's sitting on a job site from uh, since last Friday. Um, it shit the bed on the site, won't turn. We could have finished that job and out of there, floated home, check in the mail that day. But the next day I had to send the loader out with three guys to clean up all the shit that didn't get cleaned up the day before. And then call the, the dealer say, Hey, what's up with this machine? Send someone out there. Like, oh, we can't get it there this week. We'll have someone there early next week. Monday turns into Wednesday. Um, all of a sudden, Oh yeah, your machine's fucked. I'm like, it has 150 hours on it. Like this is warranty issue. Thing. Oh, well we, we don't, we don't pay for warranty. Doesn't cover a service call. It'll pay for parts. I'm like, so what's the point of the warranty? Like, I can't even move the thing. I can't even float it. I have to take my loader and scoop it up like a fucking baby and put it on the trailer and then drive it to the dealer and scoop it off and put it in your shop for you to warranty it. Like, ugh, just beside myself, pissed off at these guys. But yeah, that's uh, my experience with new machines. I don't know that there's a, a perfect solution. Like I no. Don't, I just don't like if you have old stuff, having old stuff, you the only thing I would say is having old stuff that you owe money on, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. If you have old stuff, at least own much shit. Like don't don't have old stuff. Like, like if you stuff. financed a like a two thousand eight Bobcat skid steer or something like that at fucking six yeah. percent, and you paid thirty five grand for it or something like that. Like, yeah, that sucks because you know it's gonna break, and and you're gonna have to. So we budget. When we're doing budgets, we budget thirty grand a year per truck and repairs. Yeah, that's where we're at with the big trucks, right? So, um, you know, my theory on it is, 
realistically, I we own those those three trucks. I would rather pay Brad than pay Wells Fargo. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna pay someone. Like, yeah, they, the the brand new truck is financed through Scotiabank, so Scotiabank's getting. I think it's like 4K a month for that truck. So, okay, so Scotiabank's getting 4K a month for that truck. Well, like at 30, 30 Gs a year, and unless something goes horribly wrong with the tires, we're using under 30 Gs a year. I would still rather give the money to fucking Brad to do whatever he wants with than I would to give it to Scotiabank. Like, yeah. So that's, I just, I think maybe that when I came to that realization, I stopped caring about when stuff breaks. Like, I can't really do anything. Like it's broken, like whatever. Yeah. Fucking sucks. Uh, like when we had like two years ago, we were, I was like lying in bed with Kelly and I was like, our entire residential business is like based off this guy's like 2007 S70 that's poorly maintained. Like this is kind of <laughs> like, Yeah. We, we need to address that situation. Like, <laughs> Yeah, we probably should. Uh, yeah, and then the next day, the guys just suddenly like blew up. And this was like before the pandemic, right? So I just called the Bobcat today, and I was like, "Bring us an S70 right now." Yeah. Like, okay, because they they know the, like our finances is good. So I was like, "Just bring it now, right now." And he said, "Okay." So he came and dropped it off, and we started working. And that's how we ended up with the S70. It was like, this is insanity that our like whole our whole business is based off this guy's like poorly maintained to that like tell. But now I'm when stuff breaks, like whatever, like you can't it's, how do we find a solution to this issue? Like, you know, right. What are we gonna do? It's like the one day I was like staring at the pasture with no horses in it because the horse lady was crazy. So she got banned from the yard. And I was staring at the empty pasture and they're like, like man, today was a pretty good day. Like, you know, things went well. Like it was a good day. And then I was like, well, wait, like Cody's truck got towed from like Taunton and fixing. So that's like the main intersection. So 7,000 people fucking DM me about it. And, you know, um, and then uh, Christy's truck caught on fire on Highway 7, like when it breaks because it wasn't set with seated right or whatever. Like, and I'm like, this is what qualifies as a, a pretty good day to day. <laughs> like, I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> like, it's a, I don't, it's a, when stuff breaks now, I don't, it doesn't even, I don't, just like, how do we fix it? Or how do we get another one? Or, like, you know, what do we, like, even, yeah. I was talking today, and our, um, in the middle of the winter, a homeowner messaged me and said, hey, do we really need this wall? I was like, I don't know. I didn't design this backyard. I just did it off a drawing. So I emailed the designer and said, hey, do we really need this wall? And she emailed me back and said, I used the zip level, which I know everyone loves those things. I think they're fucking garbage. I wouldn't pay a dollar. If someone gave it to me, I would bash it with a baseball bat before I would bring it on a job site. Um, and she's like, I shot it with the zip level. We don't need the wall. It's decorative. It's just a decorative wall. And I was like, okay, cool. And this is like, no, when I was like 10 feet of snow in the backyard. So I was like, cool. And then we went to start the job. I walked in the backyard. I'm like, yeah, we totally needed that fucking wall. Like, it's going to support the whole pool building. Like, I'm like, what's the plan? And they're like, well, I guess we'll have to build a wall. And I'm like, okay, well, like, I can't really go back on the homeowner. Like, she specifically asked, do we need the wall? And I said, no. 
Like, so I'm like, well, I guess I'm eating seven grand on this. So I like literally ate the seven K on this wall. Oh, ouch. I like when, like, I can't go. Okay. There are people who will argue with me that I should have gone in the homeowner and, but it's just not, it's not me as a person. Yeah. Same no, I, here. I am yeah. the exact same way. If if it, if it falls on a like a professional decision, I eat that all day. Like that's that's up to me. Especially if the homeowner asks in your situation, it's just a tough thing to eat, right? Yeah, it's like. But again, I was like, how do we? I didn't. It didn't, I didn't get mad. How do we fix this? Can we just move on? Like, because if I dwell on it, I'm. I have no chance of making any money on anything because I'm just spending my whole life dwelling on, you know some inane problem I'm like okay like let's just build the wall build the wall it is what it is do we have enough material for it because god if we're short material this problem just got like, way worse like you know like if there is this wall doesn't exist now oh not, that's right uh, yeah not doing it. i mean before like you needed seven bundles of something who gave a shit yeah yeah you know now we're doing some natural stone stairs and this is another same yeah there was four stairs on the drawing but really we need six and I like I, I get it. Like I should have measured it myself, and no one stopped me from going to the house. And so it's whatever. It's my problem. But I'm like, I'm more cared now about like I'm like, do these stairs exist? Are they in China on a boat? Or like, where the fuck are they? Like that's like, do we have them? Because otherwise we're screwed. Like we can't finish the job. Or I'm like driving to every spot on the planet trying to fish because it's some weird color. To, but they had two of them, so we were fine. But it was like, my biggest concern wasn't. Fuck, these stairs are 700 bucks each and i gotta buy two more my biggest concern was where are they how do we get yeah. them yeah such a different world than it used to be for now for now yeah for now i think that's going to turn around yeah yeah when do you think it's going to turn around i was actually talking to someone about that today mostly equipment related with how much delays we're seeing with equi- equipment uh like house yeah yep. like this is going to yep. turn around like a snap like snap of your fingers because the amount of people that i've talked to or i've heard that have uh gone ahead and signed a contract for a piece of equipment but a multiple different you know uh dealers or, or brands just because they can and they're just waiting for the first one to come in so the amount of people, amount of cancellations that are going to come in like immediately and how quickly this is going to turn around if we do experience a decline in the amount of used equipment that will also hit the market at the same time and used being only probably like a year old because those are the companies that are going to be, you know, underwater because they got in too deep too early. That's that's what I think, at least. Yeah. There'll be a fuck ton of dump trailers, five, ten dump trailers. Oh, sure. yeah. Five ton yeah. dump trailers in 2012, three quarter ton trucks. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'm, I'll happily buy a two year old shovel or something like that, knowing that the company went tits up. Like, yeah, send them my way. If you want to get out now, I'll buy your shovel at half price. Great. V head of the curve. I'll take it now. Potentially, the bigger opportunity is um, finding a lot of these people that went out on their own, and you know it was easy. It, 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 it's been easy to get work for the last two, three years, right? Like two years at least, easy to get work. Like we used to talk a lot about how do you get leads, where how, where do you do your marketing? What do you like? No one gives a rat's ass about that now because yeah. You need to. yeah. Um, 
I think the biggest opportunity coming is that all these people, when the going gets hard to find work, they're going to be like, I don't want to do this no more. And then you're going to have an opportunity to hire a large amount of people who understand what it takes to run a business. Um, you know, and oftentimes the most successful foreman is someone who ran their own business and understands that you have to do this to make money and you have to do that. And so I think there's going to be some opportunity there with people who just, you know, were probably working for someone else before and then went out on their own and then found out, oh yeah, you can't sell $75,000 pools all day long in a recession. Or even when normally, even when times are good, you don't, you know, sell 10 pools in a day. Like it just doesn't happen. And I think that there's going to be a bunch of those kind of people that, you know, maybe like you just said, like you look at some guy and he's got, he's a you know really good worker and he's in a bit over his head and he's got a, a one-ton dump truck, a, a MT100 and a E20. And you look at the guy and you're like, I'll take all your shit and you and sign it to your contract with me. Yep. That's the dream, right? I guess uh, that's how the big guys get bigger, or so I've heard. Is in tough times, right? They they've got the cash flow and everything to just float them through, and uh, they just absorb all these little guys. Which uh, I think that's a dream for someone like us. But um, I mean, I definitely don't want to want anyone to go broke <laughs> in in order for that to happen, right? I don't. I don't think. I, I agree. I don't want anyone to go broke, but I think that some people just, they may not be broke, but it's just not going to be easy. Yeah. You know, there's just like, I, you know, I'm sure you guys have done this too, where like you hustled to sell a job. You worked hard to sell a job. You didn't, I mean, I'm lazy as shit now. I priced four jobs on Sunday, sent them to Kelly and she put them in a contract and emailed them. Like I, I never email. If I spend the time to cold something, I go and meet them at their house and I get their signature on paper. Holy shit. I've never done that in my life. I've never met with a client to, to close a job ever. I closed every, If I was serious about it and that was something I really wanted, then, I mean, I've emailed someone about like sodding their front lawn or shit like that. But if it was like a big project that I really wanted, something that I thought was really lucrative or it was a great design or whatever, I would, I'll go sit down and get them to sign the paper in front of me. Like, but now, like, I'm admittedly lazy as ass. I'm like, you know, I quoted four jobs and Kelly put them in the contract that we have and we emailed them to a bunch of people. I was like, oh, did anyone email us back? Do I fucking care? Like, whatever. Like, you know, something will come up. Something will call. Like, and one of them, people immediately emailed back and said, yeah, go ahead. And the other one, like, can you separate a couple items? Which is fair. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I'm lazy as fuck now. I used to be good at it. I used to pride myself on the, like knowing my sales cycle and how long from the day I met some. Like I used to time it. Like I met you on Tuesday. I'm going to close this job by two Wednesdays from now. We'll get it designed by Thursday. We'll get it priced. We'll send it. We'll have our final meeting. We'll, we'll deal with any deflections or problems. And then we'll sign. Like it just, I had like a whole sales cycle down. And now, right. it's, now it's basically me ignoring Kelly's emails until she really. <laughs> Off, and then quoting something. You had a fire lit under you. Holy shit. I've never in my life, like I'm the worst salesman. I, I don't know how I succeeded in business. Like I just, I'll meet with you, schmooze you, all this. We'll talk your job, go home, write the estimate, fire away the email. If I never hear, hear from you again, fine. If you want to do it, let's go. That's it. Like, wow. But if that's what works for you, there's not like that. Yeah. Cool. 
Like, there's yeah, nothing absolutely. wrong with it. Like, it's everyone has, you have to have your own sales style. That was just, you know, I, you know, I started doing it. You know, I was selling jobs in 2007 too, right? Like, <laughs> and it was like, can I like fix your step for like 500 bucks? And I got to come here twice to sell this job. Like, it was like, like that. So I just, I mean, I guess it was a habit or, but now I'm like, yeah, I'll just send this. Like, I don't, I don't know if I will, I think maybe I'll go back, get away. It depends. Like it's, if I see something that something comes across my desk, I really want, I still break down and spend a lot of time on it because it's, maybe it's a cool job or it's in a great, but for me now it's more of a location. Yeah. I care more about where the job is. Like, I know someone called me dig a pool and like, North York, it's like you know, two hours from us. I'm like, yeah, I literally called the guy because he's a good guy. And I was like, bro, like, I'm a fucking one going to North York. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go to Bayview Avenue. I'm good. And he's oh, like, geez. he's like, I don't want to use someone else. I just, I know you guys. I know you need to do your job. I know you show up on time. And like, he goes, and I love Cody. And I was like, all right, so it's gonna cost a fortune for these bins. Like, he's like, whatever. I don't care. Just try to do whatever it costs. I, I want you guys to be the ones to, because I can trust you and I can't, I don't want this to get yeah. worse for me than it is. <laughs> okay. But like I, now it's more about, I think, trying to, what does Caleb say? Own your zip code. <laughs> I'm owning my zip code. I don't, he says something. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, if we do hit a market downtrend, what do you guys think that means for our industry? Uh, just, just trying to think this through in terms of like, if a recession does come and they're calling for it to be longer than, than average, um, what does that mean for our industry that has experienced such high demand for two years that it was so hard to fulfill? Does that demand kind of spill over through the recession and people who had been people from like the beginning of all of this happening where we hit all this demand where they've been saving and saving and saving and then uh they they're finally ready to pull the trigger they can't find a contractor they're still saving money through all of this and then a recession hits and then finally it frees up time for these contractors to fulfill that demand does that demand continue to spill over through this recession and we don't experience like uh, uh you know less demand through this recession maybe till like the later part of the recession that's kind of my thought process i'm, I'm curious as to what you guys think about that i, I think if you like i've talked to our guys about it and our women you know like Everyone's nervous, and I'm like, we do a high quality work. Doesn't matter, people. And I would guess that eighty percent of our clientele, they're paying cash for the work we're doing, and that's how I really would. Like, if you're looking at your residential clientele, and eighty percent of them are putting it on a credit line, that's not a good clientele to have right now. Yep. And our, I would say that. 80% of our clientele, these are people who are paying cash for it. These are people who are financially stable. These are people who, you know, and those, that client and that client base doesn't dry up no matter what the, no matter what the, you know, 
but no matter what the financial times are, that client base will always have money. So you know, I think if you're looking around and you're saying like 75% of the clients are putting this on their credit line, you're, people who are putting it on their credit line are passing your name to other people that are going to put it on their credit line. That's true. So like it's, it's going to Which come is, I, I mean, I guess it's fine. Put it on your credit line whatever, as long as I'm getting paid at the end, right? As long as that credit limit doesn't run out before I get my share. Well, the, the problem being, though, that, like, those people aren't going to have those big credit Yeah, they'll be less money. Now, you know, like, yeah. Whereas someone who's paying cash, like, I'm, I've seen the jobs you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, most of those jobs, I'm going to guess, are people who have that money. Yeah, I, I'd assume so, right? Or the big commercial ones where, yeah. I don't know if they have money because we haven't gotten paid yet. That's a total, you're, that market, you're good for no matter what happens. Yeah, I don't think they stop. I mean, cities are always yeah. stimulus mm-hmm. jobs and all this stuff, right? Oh, that's a, I was talking about the dump truck. We have one dump truck that runs gravel, right? And I was like, well, if there's a recession, I'll send all the dump trucks to run gravel. And I was like, what do you mean? Who's going to be buying gravel? I said, well, the way they, they get out of a recession is they stimulate infrastructure. Yeah. And you don't build anything without gravel. I don't care what the fuck you're building. You need gravel. You need gravel to pick cement. You need gravel to, like, you need gravel for everything. So I'm like, like in, during a recession, gravel trucks are going to roll, period. You know, like, and the goofy guys that work for nothing are going to be broke. So they'll all be gone. Just, except the demand will be high. Like, I don't know. I'm not, our, our, our business model, I'm not worried about it. There's guys I see that, you know, take seven days to dig a fucking pool. That guy's not going to survive when he can't sell that pool for 120 grand and it's only worth 60. He can take seven days to dig that pool because he sold it for 120 grand. But when the market dries up a bit and the price comes back to reality and the pool's again only worth 65 or 70 thousand dollars, he can't take seven days to dig the pool. He can't. It just won't work. You know. Yeah. I think that that's you know you have to just look at your client base and who you're working for and. If you do good quality work, you're going to work no matter what. And if you're willing to crawl through the sewer to get into the castle, then it doesn't matter. That's it. I love that. Why are you you so busy? And I'm like, well, I'll crawl through the sewer every day of the week. I don't care. No one's ever ever opened the doors to the castle and put down the drawbridge and invited me in to anything in my life. Not one time. So the king came through the sewer. To own the castle. And was like, hey, I'm here now. And then everyone's like, how the fuck did that guy get four trucks? Where the hell did he come from? Like, yeah, I work for six different clients every day to keep them busy and we hustle hard and we work hard to make our clients happy and we do all kinds of like, you know, Cody is picking up things at 7 30 at night tonight. Like it's, you know, like we're doing all those things. We're we're crawling through the sewer every day to get into the castle. And like a lot of these a lot of people right now. Someone opened the drawbridge and they rode it in the carriage. You know, they took the pumpkin right in the middle. Like, you know, it's in, like, my, in my city, they just blame it on drug dealing. They say if you grew a business from nothing, and it because obviously they can't see your struggle, right? They, they're like, oh, that guy must sell drugs or something like that. Right? <laughs> all of a sudden, he's got five. And I live in a border town, and there's cigarette smuggling and all this stuff around me. And, and I mean, there are a lot of people with money who got it from drugs and cigarettes and alcohol and all this stuff. But um, if you're a hardworking person, I mean, they, they sort of cast out on you. Um, Especially when you're all tatted up like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't make it easy on myself. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs>
I think that like Mike, your business is different from our businesses because you don't you, you do a lot of rentals, right? I do exclusively rental. So that comes like from uh, a business perspective, but also uh, personal, just because my wife and I, we did relocate to Toronto fairly recently and we don't quite know where we're going to settle. And since I established myself in Kitchener for so many years, working there for a supplier and then starting my own business, all of my network is in Kitchener. Uh, so I still do probably about 70%, 80% of my work in Kitchener. And, uh, and I am slowly starting to transfer work closer to me. But then not knowing where we're going to settle, I don't know exactly where I want to start moving, you know, more and more work towards me. So I don't want to be don't want to be hauling around a trailer and, and a piece of equipment everywhere I go. So that's like, I'd say a main reason why I exclusively rent also because I hate maintenance. I don't maintain any, anything that I have well uh, and business because uh, access. We deal with like all types of limited to access. So I can get the piece, the exact piece of equipment that I want on every single job without having to purchase a piece of equipment and being stuck with that or purchasing multiple pieces of equipment. Can you always get things when you need it though? Like if you need a, like a half ton or a, like a yeah. one and a half ton shovel, can you get it day of like no problem? Not day of. So I, I do have to like coordinate that fairly well, but I, I, I'd say three quarters of the time I deliver and have it picked up. Like, I don't, I don't want to go get, I don't want to be driving yeah. around going to yeah. get stuff. So like that, that's already coordinated beforehand. You have more foresight than I do. I couldn't. Like, yeah. It's, it's not something that I'm good at and it's something that I've had to improve to, to be able to do this. Yeah. I find it interesting. I've never, I've never been involved in that. I've probably shoveled and rebuilt a lot harder in my life than I should have over renting something because I, it just, Whenever right. I started, it just wasn't part of the, it wasn't part of the vernacular. You did not rent things. You yeah. found another way to do it with the stuff you had. And, and the flip side of that, I think that it's, there's lots of times where you rent something and you, you know, you would finish the job twice as fast and make way more money over, like, you know, I think that it's just a different mindset and it's, um, but I would, I think now I would be more open to renting something. I don't, I don't know if I would ever run the business the same way you would. I, I don't know if I could, like, I think it would always make me, I don't know. I, I think it's brave to run your business that way, honestly. Yeah. I think it's more so, more so out of necessity though. Like when I, when I weigh everything, like I'd love to own a piece of equipment, but if I, if I weigh everything, the business side of me wants to own a piece of equipment, but like the personal aspects of where I am personally in life, uh, it just like, it absolutely doesn't make sense for me to own a piece of equipment just because of like, we could move literally in a few months to like the other side of town or to like anywhere really. And, uh, and then that, if, if that's like where we establish our roots, that's where I'm going to be really focusing on getting work to. And I don't want to have to be wheeling around a piece of equipment everywhere and, and so I, I'd say like, that's the main reason why I wanted to stay mobile as much as I can right now. Uh, yeah, I think it's a, 
it's interesting because you like you know i spend a lot of money storing shit mm-hmm. so like, I, I don't have it like a yard yeah yeah well I, i'm but i'm being like dead straight like i spent yeah like, i was talking about i sent at the yard yesterday with brad who was fixing something that was broken and it's you know it's the funniest thing and that's gonna talk about like if brad is coming like he drove into the yard and just as he drove into the yard cody's truck stopped and it wouldn't go down like and no one i'm like really and it happens so frequently like he shows up and something breaks he's showing up <laughs> something that's broken and he shows up and something else immediately breaks while he's standing there and i'm like man how often does this happen to you and he's like constantly he's like i go somewhere to fix something and something else like it just anyways to get up and we, we were talking about the overhead cost like lost in the whole rent not rent like just now i'm thinking about like man like i spent a lot of money storing my shit drying off that so that's why i was so quiet at the beginning of this when you guys are talking about things breaking down like i don't experience that as often as you guys do but going off what you're saying there with overhead and everything and this is what i recommend anybody do is to price yourself as a business that you want to be uh the next step up or like a, a year out or two years out whatever that might be so i'm still including in my overhead expenses rent for like uh you know renting from another contractor's yard so i've already got that built into my pricing so that when i do which will be like almost at a, like a snap of a finger i'll i'll need to do that it's already priced into my projects i'm still pricing like i'm that business essentially i'm still pricing even if i don't need to rent a piece of equipment i'm still pricing as if i ha- i own a piece of equipment and i'm going to need to turn that piece of equipment over so I still do incorporate all of that into all of my overhead expenses, into everything that I price my jobs as, because that's the company that I want to be tomorrow, right? Yeah, I think that's a great plan. It's start. It's I, I like that the company I want to be tomorrow. I, my problem is I never have a plan. I wish I, <laughs> I wish I did. I wish I was like people are like man, getting those. Starting that pin business was so smart. And I'm like, yeah, like my biggest client was like, get a bin truck. And then one of my good friends was like, hey, I'm selling this bin truck. And I was like, oh, maybe we should just buy that. And like, it wasn't a plan. I didn't wake up one day and be like, fuck yeah, I'm going to get in the bin business, man. Can't wait to get some bins. I was like, like it just, you know, our buddy was selling a truck. And my one client was like, I really want this truck. And I was like, okay. And then we bought it. And I was like, oh, this thing's probably going to sit around. And then out of the blue on Instagram, like Cody DM'd me and said, are you looking for a driver? Like, I was like, yeah, sure, okay. And then she showed up. And then I was like, oh, fuck, I guess we better get some bins. We just got to keep her busy. And now we need to find some people. Like, it just, it wasn't like, I wish I had, I wish I was better at like, doing that, like sitting down and making up, because I don't have a plan. Like, the first triaxle we bought, Christy did, like, didn't have a fucking job. And she's having trouble getting work. And I was like, fuck it, we'll just buy this truck and we'll figure it out after. And again, my one big client and my one of my good friends is like, I'll, I'll use trucks as much as I can. It's like, okay, well, I have two, these two people are going to like be, be fair with us. And then, um, you know, really our biggest pool client, he called me the next spring and was like, hey, like my current guy won't go up to, I don't know, it was like, I don't know, like fucking two hours away. I was like, we'll go anywhere, anytime. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we've been, now we've been doing, you know, working with him for, almost the third season with him like it just but again it wasn't like i didn't wake up and be like we should get in the trucking business 
I wish I, my original plan was one person working alone, maybe with my buddy, and that was it. Just sort of like I could do enough work to, you know, do enough small front walkways to make a decent living for myself and have like, you know, maybe a little dump trailer, a pickup truck, and I'll you know, get a machine so I'm old. The first thing I bought was in 20, because I was like, I'm absolutely not digging anymore. I have shovel, enough shovel. I got a hell of a shovel. <laughs> I just don't want to do it anymore. Uh, I wish I had that kind of force. I don't know. I just don't have that kind of force. Something happens, and then I just roll with it, and then I end up somewhere that I didn't ever think I would. I would be, I guess. It's like yeah, I I don't want to come across like I've got this this foresight though. There's definitely things that like I I don't plan, and out of necessity, I'd say that these things happen to me in terms of like what I'm going to do. And it more like it more so in my mind makes sense to go one route as opposed to another and and not actually like foresee that that's where I'm going to be and to make that that conscious decision. Because there's definitely, uh, yeah, if you talk to my wife, she wouldn't say that I've got uh, the organization skills <laughs> to be able to accomplish what I've done so far. Oh, sure if you talk to any of our wives. <laughs> here's a question for you guys um i always feel like i'm not well i'm always making money but i always feel like someone else is making moneyer eat making money sorry easier than i am all the time do you guys feel like it's easier to make money now in your careers than it was five years ago or like is it still hard every day like I feel like it's harder than it should be every day to make money. So, Joseph, that owns Sightscape, <laughs> I've had some deep conversations about. He he genuinely feels, genuinely feels, and I don't disagree with him. And we've had deep conversations that the hardest way on the planet to earn a living is to own a commercial landscaping company. Yes, he 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 feels that deeply because. You get involved in so much shit that has like electronic fencing, craning shit up onto roof. Like, I don't know if you guys saw this week, but like <clears throat> Cody was like getting super sacks plucked out of the back of his crane up to like some tower in Toronto. Like, it, he he generally believes that, and I I don't disagree with that. Like when like the amount of stuff that people expect you to, I, and you can almost transfer that onto just being a landscaper in general. I don't think there's a harder way on the planet to make a living. You know, I just, I don't like it's, you need to know about everything. It's physically exhausting. It's fucking hot out or it's it, freezing cold or like, like you go and dump something, you blow a tire. Like you're not doing, you can't train people. Like, you know, if you're a roofer and you're, I think it's a tough job, but you're, you know, you train people to do shingles. And there's a few different pitches of roofs and different styles, but at the end of the day, they're like doing shingles, right? Like they're over. I don't know how to do shingles. So I'm not minimizing it. I think it's the skills that like, they don't have like one day you're laying uh, like tackle block blue 60. And the next day you're laying um, Unilog quartz stone. And there's different ways to put the sand in and mm -hmm. sand goes to here on this and sand goes to there on that. And you, you're trying to water this sand one way and, watch this down a different way and like all that stuff doesn't happen like i don't think that happens like i think we've normalized it as people like as contract as a community we've normalized the obscure level of 
knowledge that a general laborer has to have. Like, <laughs> you, you can't have wrinkles in the you can't have wrinkles in the geotextile. It's got to be smooth and taut, right to the corners right. and up for like it just that's three quarter clear and this is HPB and that's a gravel and this is recycled concrete and like it just like the amount of crazy like this is mortar this is how stiff the mortar has to be like you think about like it's the general knowledge that's a, that's a wajilia like really on top of all this other shit i gotta know what a fucking wajilia is or but good japanese maple like it just i don't i honestly don't think like if i'll put it up against anything anyone's doing anything yeah that- I was actually today speaking with a, a a landscaping consultant that has owned and operated a landscaping business for years, and they have this matrix worked out. And I wish I would have been able to pick pinpoint all the different aspects, but essentially they say that landscaping is the dip, most difficult industry to operate a business in because of all these different factors, whether it be labor uh work site conditions or, or just job conditions and, and all these different factors and then they they had like all these different industries across the top and how that kind of weighed up against it with like owning a restaurant would be kind of close but still easier than than landscaping and, and, and restaurants have such a high turnover rate as and all these different jobs but landscaping is the single most difficult they they swear by it uh, so it's interesting that you bring that up. Chad, do you do you say that as like looking outside the industry, there's people making money easier than you or people like in the industry landscaping wise that are that you think are making money easier than you? I don't think any landscaper specifically is making money easier than we are. But I see every like, and I have no clue what uh, what someone's overhead is like or, or what someone's debt load is like. Um, but I just feel like every day I wake up and it's hard to make our however many thousand bucks, right? And um, sometimes I think, oh, this guy's got a nice civil construction company. Uh, I'll go take a piece of that and maybe we can make it just as easy without having to get a phone call about uh, my sand didn't set right or something like that. Or uh, I don't like the curve of this walkway or something like that. All my sod is dead, so I have to invest fifty grand in nice. a water truck I'm gonna use three months of the year. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Exactly, right? Like we gotta have this expensive water truck to water sod that a client doesn't want to pay for because they don't think that uh sod a water truck is worth a hundred dollars an hour. Right. I, I do I do I, I yeah, I the amount of like phone calls I I have this like so I drive my daughter to soccer every single night, six nights a week. And we have this sort of bizarre relationship because my phone rings from like I think I got my first text at 4 30 this morning. Is it too late to order a bin? I'm like, yeah, it's too early. Fuck this. It's not too late. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's to you today at some point, but it, it ain't happening at 6 a.m. Um but I sometimes like Paisley will say to me like, People call you about everything. It doesn't matter what it is. And I'm like, I know. It's just part of being a landscaper. Like, it's like I need to know. I need like even I need to know like how to register trucks and yep. weights are. And like you, like that's all stuff that like I mean, I need to know what the hell I'm gonna do with my people in the winter. Like it's already July. And right. Like, what are my people gonna do in the winter? 
because I want to keep them and I want to see them flourish and I want to see them have successful lives. And I don't want to plow snow. And so I'm like, what the hell are these people going to do? And it, like, I don't think if I own a can factory that I'm worried about what the hell the people are doing in fucking January. I think they're still making cans. Like, I can't, I just, I don't, like, I, it's, even on, on that, like, you have to have, if you are in heavy into snow, and I'm obviously friends with guys that are like heavy, heavy snow operators, you got to have two sets of equipment. Yeah. Like, yeah. The shit, yeah. The shit, like, we bought one of those uh, Toro buggies, and it's awesome. Like, yeah, maybe we get Toro to sponsor this fucking episode. <laughs> it's a great tool. It's been fantastic for us. I fucking love you, Toro. You're the best. Um, but, like, I'm looking at this buggy going, okay, well, like, fuck am I doing this thing in January? Yeah. <laughs> Wait until the spring and hoping no mice get in it? Right. Like, that's, like, literally, and I'm like, it, it's totally useless to me. And then I'm staring across, because we have few snow things, not a lot, but I'm looking at the, like, you know, the $5,000 file for this 595 going, well, what am I doing with that since like, <laughs> April when I put it there and now the weeds are growing around it? Like, it just... There's so much, like it just, it's a whole new set. It's, and then people are like, I can't get insurance, man. I can't insure my right. business. Like, what other business is worried about getting insurance? Like, right. I, I know tons of people in other trades, and no, there is no talk about, like, I'm a plumber. I especially, especially in this necessary business, like snow plowing, right? Yeah. Like, that's a necessity. Yeah. You're, no, no. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. Has a framer ever come up to him and been like, man, I, I got to shut my business down. I can't get any insurance, bro. Like, I can't frame houses anymore, man. I got like 100 Gs invested in equipment and I can't frame a house anymore because I can't get it insured. That is not a problem for other people. Right. Like, like, it's it's crazy. It's, it's, the whole thing is, but I think it, it just becomes a normalized thing. Like, if you're in the business and like, it's one of those things, if you don't love it, you can't do it, man. Like, yeah. I did snow plowing for one season and I vowed to never, ever touch that ever again. And everything that I've done online or whatever is just to mitigate me never, ever having to do snow plowing. <laughs> See, I like the act of going out in the middle of the night with a coffee and my music and getting in a plow truck and just working. Like, I love it. I think it's great. You're like the only person in the universe. Um, it's, for the most part, easy work. But to run it and have all that liability is completely the opposite of that, right? It's not peaceful. It's not uh, relaxing. It's, it's, it's straight up chaotic. And uh, that part I don't miss of snow. Are you not doing snow this year? Um, undecided. Did We're meeting. I, did I do it last year? Yeah. Wait. Yeah, I think we did it. Yeah, last year was our last like full client uh, list. This year, we may or may not work for one client under their umbrella insurance, which is huge, just insane huge. Um, so we basically rent out our equipment and our guys for that client only, and uh, which w would ideally take a lot of the headache and the uh, the headache out of the, the work. We'll see. It's to be determined if that's going to go through or not. I think you're going to find that scenario a lot where people are going to have to insure their own properties. I think yeah. that's where the industry is going to go. That's just, I don't know a lot about snow, but 
like just from talking to guys who do do it, like they're tired of insuring someone else's fucking mini mall. Even when yeah. they do the job right and they do the work right and everything goes right. It's like yeah. I've had clients come up to me before and I'll say, listen, I can't do a Tim Hortons because insurance specifically said you can't do a Tim Hortons. And they, they'll say like a 24 hour Tim Hortons, not a chance in hell. Like it's going to cost you 200 grand for one Tim Hortons or something like that. Um, and the client will say, well, what if you come under our insurance? I'm like, well, it doesn't really work that way right now. Yeah. There's still a lot of wrinkles, I think in the league, legality of things right now yeah i know that like um so there's a guy who has salters that slide on the bin trucks and he wanted to take our two trucks for the winter to salt just spread salt right and i was like i don't know i'm calling the insurance company like i don't really like to commit the trucks to things yeah for the whole winter either but i was like well investigate this i'd like to look at it and they were like uh, we don't have a big problem with because I'm like I don't I'm just spreading the salt like I my name isn't on any contracts it's not any I just want you to know I'm doing it because if I happen to back into a light pole at two o'clock in the morning like I don't want you saying what were you doing then like but I'm not ensuring it it's got, I'm just literally just spreading the salt and they were like yeah we don't actually have a big problem with this but you cannot do it at large malls any kind of large mall and I was like fair game where do you think that someone wants to send a 12 or 14 year old salsa on the back of a <laughs> to like fucking McDonald's. Like, like it's only going to large malls. It's going from one large mall to another large mall. Like, and they're like, well, you can't go there. And I was like, okay, well, this. I'm out. Yeah. I'm not putting my company at risk to spread salt at 3.30. And the other thing is, everyone romanticizes, like, I don't know, people romanticize it. And then when it actually comes time to do it, it always ends up being me doing whatever. Like, I don't know. Like, it's, it's back to the whole is it this a hard business i think this conversation definitely tells you it's like this this is just like what are you what are you doing with your people in the winter i don't know what do you think it's, it's fun it's like, yeah it's a hard, that's true it's a hard thing to determine it's what do you I, I think it is the hardest way i agree with joe specifically commercially commercially is like a shit show it takes forever to get paid it, it's you get involved in all kinds of stuff that doesn't have anything to do with you because you need it done in order to do your work. Yeah. And yeah. We've done civil work that we shouldn't have had to have done because it pushes up or gets us to the next step or we've eaten shit. That's civil should have dealt with so that just so that we could, we'll lose half a day's work to gain the next day's work or something like that. Just finishing off something they should have been doing. It's, I, I sent a picture last year to Kid Joe because we were like putting in hydro vaults on this project. And I sent him this picture and I'm like, landscaping, setting a fucking hydro vault. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, but people expect, like, it, it, even, like, I found that recently, like, so I, we've been trying to, like, do, like I don't want to carry some irrigation guy's number. Like, I, I don't have any interest in it. Like for whatever four hundred dollars I might make off this irrigation system, I, I want nothing to do. So we just deleted it off. Like, hey, you want irrigation? Call it. But I've discovered that like a lot of these people expect us to do everything for them for free. Like, hey, can you run on the conduit? Uh, no, I'm good, bro. You want conduit? Yeah. Come put it in. I don't. I don't give a shit. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if you have to tear the wall down to get your fucking sprinkler head in next week. Like, it's <laughs> not my fucking problem, man. I'm not getting paid. Like, I just, I think that there's just, like, but because you're, the, you're there and you're the landscaper, you're like, oh, well, can you run the electric conduit and put in this water line and can you dig this trench? And I'm like, can you facilitate all the other trades while you're here? Yeah. Can you dig the trench for the gas? And it specifically says I don't want anything to do with gas. Well, I know, yeah. but now we need this trench dug and you're here. Like, okay, I still don't want anything to do with it. Like, or this is the, these timber structure people that put up these fancy pergolas, like not the guys that are physically designed, but like the companies that sell them, you know, they right. sell them. We made kits, timber, I think they're timber kits. These, these motherfuckers are like, <laughs> I, you, we don't put in the footings. And so the clients are like, I, I don't want anything to do with it. The clients are like, we're getting this timber kit. I'm like, great. I don't care. Tell them to come build it. Then I'll landscape around it. I, I want nothing to do with it. They're like, oh, well, they said you would put the footings in. That's fun, great. I don't want anything to do with these shitty footings. I can't charge enough to, like, we did one, and the footings were 24-inch sonotubes for this, like, fucking 10 by 10 thing. But they're engineered, 24-inch. And I'm like, what? I've been digging this hole with the mini. <laughs> we have the guys climbing through the tubes. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't charge enough for this, and you won't pay me enough to do it, because normally if I was getting the whole structure, I would hide the ludicrous cost of $2,000 a footing in the whole job. Like I, it would become part of our right. whole deal, right? And people would, they wouldn't realize they're paying, but like, I'm literally looking at this guy going, yeah, bro, these footings are worth like two G's each. So you give me like eight grand for these four footings. And then well, that's crazy talk. And I'm like, well, I, then I don't want to do it. Get someone else to do it. I don't like, I, I don't want anything to do with your stupid footings because if the footings are off center or they're not level or they're not exactly right, everyone's going to be like, Hey man, you you fucked up this footing. Now you got to pull this twenty-four inch footing out of the ground. Again, I want the cement you used didn't harden fast enough. Another top cons won't go in. And I'm like, again, I don't want to do that. Like, but I need to put this footing in, or my job can't move. We just did four footings for some stupid timber kit on the the job that guys are on now. I'm like, again, you forgot to mention that. You forgot to mention the inspector has to come out and inspect the footing before you put the sauna tube on it to pour it. So it's going to take you another two days for the guy to come out before you can finish the job. He doesn't like it. Uh, And he doesn't like it. That's it. I don't want sweet fuck all to do with this. (laughs) It has nothing to do with me. Like, I I, I don't do footings. I don't build timber kits. I, I don't. But it's one of those things where you get, and the whole, the client, your client assumes that you know how to do it. Like, well, it's outside. Okay. Because you do know how to do it. We all know how to do it. We just don't want to do it. Okay. We shouldn't have to do it. Okay, so that's, <laughs> there's a hard truth. Not, <laughs> I do know how to do it. So the client is right. <laughs> you do know I, how to do it. You've been doing this long enough. We all know how to do this stuff. I, so I, we can do it. We just don't get paid. Well, we should. In the late 2000s, 2007, 2008, my business was front walkways and 300 square foot peanut shaped patios with two stairs. Every job. That's what people wanted back then. And at the time, there were some guys that were expanding into like outdoor living and public walk, you know, like all this shit. And at that time, I was like, man, I really want to be those guys. I, I just, I, I, I want to be those guys. I want to build these structures. I want to do these beautiful outdoor spaces. I want to do swimming pools. I want to, and now, like, you know, I'm 50. I'm like, where the fuck are the peanut-shaped patterns? <laughs> how, do I, how do I get more of those with two stairs? 
because the guys go in. Like, I wanted to look at a, the next job the guys are doing this week. And I kind of lost, you know, I got a lot going on. I lost track of my, it sounds ridiculous, but I lost track of my thing. And so I drive to this house and I get out. And I thought, okay, we got to take the roof off the exterior. I remember that, walking back in. I'm like, oh shit, this is a 300 square foot patio. This is just a square box. This is like my dream. Yep. There's no shitty footings. There's no complicated curves. There's no, there's not even a border. There's, n- there's no grill island with a pizza oven and gas lines for four different features. No drip tray that you forgot about. So I yeah. get cut the fucking island apart again. Redo the. I just. I, <laughs> <laughs> I got some stuff this year about barbecue tops. <laughs> like I have spent a small fortune on barbecue tops this year. I just a bad run of luck with barbecue tops. Like, <laughs> I had this barbecue top and the client moved the fridge over and the installer uh-huh. said, not from Apex was doing the job. He said, when you do that, you're going to lose the overhang because the fridge is so deep. So you're not going to have your breakfast on everything. And Clark was like, okay, that's cool. Until she saw it and there was no overhang. I was like, okay, well, I got to sell this. That was a big job, a huge job. Yeah, well, let's just go find a bigger barbecue top. So we found one. And then when they were taking off the other pieces to get the new big piece on, those pieces broke. Like, no one's fault. Not like, so we bought another so I called the spice do you have any broken barbecue tops because I only need a third of the fucking thing yeah we have one so we bought a third of a broken barbecue top put it on the, then the, the she when she gave us the barbecue because I was like I'm not supplying this barbecue like I don't want to, I'm not going to pull it I'm not picking it I want shit to do with it so she gave us the barbecue she didn't give us a drip tray which is an honest mistake like I didn't I didn't know there was a drip tray that was like one big unit so then the barbecue got elevated, so the, the other barbecue top, they had notched around the thing because that's how it sat before the deer goes in. But now you don't need that notch. So you can hold the top. I'm like, okay, well, let's buy another barbecue top. Let's chuck this one. And I'm like, this is the same job with the wall. It's like, oh, my God. Like, this, is like, uh. this is a lot of <laughs> but yeah, that's just It's the hardest way in the world there is to make a living, period. Yeah. Like, yeah. You need to know counter height. Yeah. I've never, up, man. I've never thought <laughs> yeah, about that. Counter height's 36 inches. Like, <laughs> what's Bart, Bart stool height? You need to know that too. That's bullshit. I also need to know how much weight I can put in a triaxle, all in the same brain. Right. <laughs> all in the same brain. <laughs> <laughs> what's the legal deep end for a pool? Like, can you have a diving board? Like, it's it just, it's, I need to know how much a crane can lift over the house. Like, it's just, it's, the amount of stuff that has to be, it's crazy. It's, this episode should be called The Hardest Way to Make a Living Ever. That makes sense. It's a, yeah. I don't know, like, this, this year we have so many like, things. Just, I am yeah. deeply invested in barbecue tops this season. If you need one third pieces of barbecue tops, give me a call. They're all on top because I feel bad throwing them away. So they're on a skid on top of the sea camp. <laughs> that you uh, paid a store. Last year, <laughs> building this tree waterfall into a pool, and uh, we put natural stone tops on them. And there was three of them. So we did two. And the third one was um, was coming off the truck. And 
the one next to me that that was a different color. We should we should not cut that and put it on. And it was like the last day of the job, and I was frustrated. And there was no more of these things at the supplier. And I was like, it looked great, man. It looks sick. Cut it. Put it on. They're like, I don't think we should do this, Mike. I'm like, cut it. Put it on. I don't want to talk about it again. They're like, okay. So they cut it. They put it on. Whole job's done. Client walks out. We're all there, right? It's the last day. She walks out. She goes, I don't like that piece of stone. And they all go, we told you, Mike. I'm like, and it's legitimate. It's totally different color. As soon as they put it on, I was like, oh, this is good. So that piece of stone is also on top of my sea camp. If you ever need an off-color piece of one, like two foot by four foot pieces, like natural stone. <sighs> Well, that's it. Like, there's another thing. Like, you need to know when your pavers were made and what dye lot they came from right. and what kind of sand was used to make them and what factory they came from. Because pavers that are made in Gormley don't look like pavers that were made in Pickering, even though they're the same fucking color and the right. same flavor. Like, that's that, like, that even, like, needing to know that is insane. Like, how seven million different wall systems work. like the whole paver color thing. I get why I get from the I get why I mean I worked at a manufacturer. I can tell you exactly why it happens. Okay, but it's still crazy. Like to, to, as a landscaper, you're like you tracking like QR codes. Like yeah. where did it come from? Well, this kid doesn't have the same QR code, man. Get it out of here. Just put it on the truck and ship it back. Like I, was, fuck, it's, uh, I remember we used to have like binders at. I was running acreage with every QR code of every bundle we had used for every season. Wow. Holy shit. Because if we needed to match it later or one of them yeah. cracked, you can get fucked. So we'd be yeah. able to pull out the QR codes and be like, okay, like this came from this plant on this day. Do you, like, do you have that? Like, that's how in depth it got. Like, that was from one particular manufacturer when I finally was like, Okay, we're not using this anymore. Like, I, I just can't. I can't make any money. I'm collecting QR codes in a binder. <laughs> like, like they're trading cards. But it's July. What am I doing here? Like, it just—it's a. Anyways. By the same token, we will have clients like four or five years ago. Do you remember what sand you put in our patio? We need another bag of that. Like, no, I don't remember what sand I used four years ago, what brand or whatever, uh, put whatever you want. It's going to turn black in a year. Anyway, <laughs> it all turns black. It really doesn't matter. Like you think it matters. It all turns black. It, it, all, <laughs> it all turns black. Then my patio turned black. Like <laughs> my, my patio, the sand was brown and now it's black and it's four years old. So I said that I to a client. I was, I was sweeping in the sand and they say, Oh, I thought sand was beige. I always like when I go to a beach, the sand is beige. So I thought it was going to be beige and it was gray. They say, ah, in a couple of years, it'll be black anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We we actually was having an active debate with the guys about switching to only using like that jointing compound. Not not buying sand ever for residential, like not a commercial. Right. Residentially, never purchasing sand again. I'm done. I'm so done with it. And that I, you can talk, as long as the joints are wide enough, that stuff goes in. Right. And 
and the water leaches through it so you don't get ponding or puddling and no one calls you like two years yes hey there's a time like it just we did a pool deck with it we made it like i literally was having a conversation i'm like i don't care if this stuff's 100 bucks a pail yeah i will never use uh regular poly sand on a pool deck anymore like i'm not pitching my pool decks anymore they're all level if you don't want to pay for the sand i don't want to or the polymer i don't want to do the top yeah like, like the jointing compound? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The stuff, the wet stuff there that you put in or yeah. whatever. Like the whatever lets the water pass through. We we used a slab. Well, it was best way, best way balsam. Maybe best way will sponsor this. Best way balsam. We were using the slab. It was beautiful. It <laughs> had unique ungulations in every every piece. But anyways, we were using it and the joint was too small for that sand. So we literally put tile spacers on. Yeah, we did that. Oh, yeah. We've done that. Just to yeah. push it apart enough to get that sand in because it, it's I'm so done with, with sand. And that sand, I haven't had any knock on wood. I'm sure tomorrow someone will fucking call me. Someone's going to call you. Like it, it, it's a, we we literally we had like a meeting and I was like, yo guys, like, are you cool with this? Because I, I, for, for what sand costs versus the total cost of the project and how much damage it could do to your reputation and repairs and stuff like if regular sand is 500 bucks for your project and this jointing compound is 1500 bucks i don't think a thousand dollars is going to give or take on my project like on a project that size we need 500 bucks for the sand like it just yeah. and i don't think it installs slow but you don't have to keep continuing yeah. it over and over and over we like I there's a strange phenomenon last year where people were like I camped my patio seven times before I watered it, and then the next guy on Instagram is like, "Yeah, motherfucker, I camped ten times." <laughs> I'm like, "What? What are we doing here?" Like there was literally I don't know if you guys saw that. But, like, I didn't. I, I didn't like, see so, that. There was a whole bunch of these guys. And I, I camped five times, man. Five times. The next guy's like, "I camped seven times. Seven times around this. Look at how long it took." And I'm like, "Wow, I don't want to do this anymore." I don't want. I don't want to play this sand game and all the callback. Oh, yeah. You can make an argument like you need a four thousand dollar roller compactor now, which is yeah. pretty sweet. Like if you guys don't have one, like I love my roller compactor, but we, we don't have one. Have you, like it's have it's faster than that mat packer that's shimming and everything, and and it yeah. doesn't break those monster tiles that everyone's doing right now, like those four by three whatever size they want to make them bigger than anything else um it's really gentle on those um like our old mat compact would just shimmy and shake around and break everything and your little cuts they break that and all that and all of a sudden you're spending an hour recutting little pieces to go in in the edges of your patio or something like that like it's very gentle um but i mean it's another four thousand dollar packer that you need when you have six other packers doing six other things right list of the hardest way in the world to make a living yeah four thousand dollar item right to install sand sand to do just one thing if you if you randomly walked up to someone on the street and we're doing an interview and said i bought a four thousand dollar machine just to install sand they would be like you're an idiot and you're gonna walk away but this is normal now in our industry you got to have that packer right it's almost embarrassing that we don't have one. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it, it, what, I mean, we can, we can borrow one or rent one or like, yeah. 
and I would only buy the smaller one because we'd be using it residentially. And the big one, like I've, Joseph has one of the big ones, like the biggest one. And it's so heavy. Yeah, we're like loading the thing with one skid steer. Like, yeah. I don't, like two of us can't pick this up. Like, yeah. You have, the small one? you have the small one? I got the small one because we can't manhandle the big one around without a machine, right? Yeah. It's, it's just way heavier than you'd think it would be for a machine with no steel plate on the bottom. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It was like the first time I touched it, I was like, this thing is ridiculous. Maybe that's why it works so well. Could be. Right? Maybe. Okay. I guess, you know, not having a roller compactor or a Wrist twisting bucket. I'm basically an embarrassment to society. <laughs> you have both those things. If it, yeah, but if that's what Instagram makes you think, right? Like, if you don't have these nice things, how are you so popular without all these toys? Like, Me? like yeah. I, I, well, I don't know that I'm so popular. Like, I, yeah, I don't. I. I made a, I did make a time lapse video this week of me eating a bagel. I saw that. That was good. That <laughs> sounds like. <laughs> If I see one more twisting fucking time lapse, because they make me sick, I'm like, oh my god! Like it's they are the cool. They they are sick. Like I am not. Like I think they're awesome and sick. I just uh, I I don't have one, so it's like I, I'll buy that newsletter every day. Like I I love my steel wrist twist bucket. Like I won't own another shovel without them. You know, like and I'll watch these videos and just drool. Right, like this is so awesome. Like. Can't wait till I can do that and can't wait till my guys can do that. But um, no, that's an essential for me. Like if I'm going to be a nerd about something, it's those twisty buckets. I I call this and I need a twisty bucket for the E20. Oh, great. Like it's 37 grand. Except the machine was 37 grand. Yeah. The price starts at that like low end. But after that, it goes up in scales. But like that's the bottom end is like thirty some k to start. We just don't have an excavator big enough. Like I would probably have one, but our like the biggest excavator I physically own is an E twenty. Yeah, no. And we would like residentially, we it's the biggest machine we would need for the like where we work physically. Yeah, you guys have all those tiny lots, right? Where you have three yeah. feet in between homes to to work in. And we gotta take the roof off it next week to get it. <laughs> like, so, like, it, if we had a four ton, it wouldn't it wouldn't go anywhere. We wouldn't use it. Like, it, it just it would sit in the yard and twist away. It would look cool twisting in the yard again. Twist away in the yard. <laughs> just twist away in the yard. Twist away at the yard makes the time comps video. Like I, it, I, I, I think they're sick. And like um, Joseph has a twenty-five ton cat zero swing three twenty-five D or whatever it is, and it has a uh, rototilt on it. I mean, it's sick. It's like twenty-five ton excavator that, like, it's awesome. It's the coolest thing. But I, again, I'm like. The problem for us is like the, the residential jobs, we only need the two ton excavator. Like, it, we just couldn't get a bigger one in. And if we could, I could borrow one off a of buddy or I got lots of buddies with them. We do maybe once a year. And then on the commercial jobs, like, if we need a big excavator, like, I just, like, you know, Joseph has 17 of them. So, yeah. Like, I, I'm, I'm going to buy one. Like, I, he has 17. So, I just go get one of his. Like, it just does. It's like, it's, 
So I just, I've never, I've always, like, I, I was really, really close to buying a 12 ton um, last year, and then Kelly shut it down really fast. So I thought it was sick. That's like, a good size. That we can. Delco, and it still had rubber track, like it had rubber pads screwed onto the metal. Yeah. Track, so you could still get around. But again, like none this year, I'm glad we didn't go, but it was just sat in the yard looking cool. Twisting away. Twisting away, dude. Twisting away in the yard. But in terms of making, like, like, you also have to have a deep understanding of financing. <laughs> deep understanding of financing and how things finance, get financed. Like, it's, it's crazy. Like, like, because you do it every day, the average person running a business doesn't, like, I just I, even like the all the spreadsheets and calculating profit and like I, I'm sure that happens in other businesses too, but it's just another layer of things you need to know. It's, right. I'm yeah. lucky. I don't even know how to get into a bank account. <laughs> I have no idea. Like I don't know. It doesn't affect my life. Kelly does it. I, I fucking love it. Like great. I I don't even know how to do it. When you started the business, Mike, did was Kelly? Uh in on it with you like from the start or did oh, that come later oh, yeah. was to run an office of a landscaping company oh yeah like yeah since she was a little girl since she was like the, the, the smallest of little girls she just stirred the sky and said man one day i will run the office of a landscaping company and trucking and get dreams 10, fulfilled Ten thousand tickets a day <laughs> every bit we drop off and process it she just no she wasn't like it wasn't and then we just, it got bigger and she felt bad for me and she started helping and then it got bigger and she, she was running her own business at the time. And, uh, and she was like, okay, like I have no time for my own stuff. So, um, and now I think she, she really likes her 2,500 ET4. That much I can tell you. She's a big fan of that. The lifted, I don't know if you guys saw it online, but she drives like a, a 2020 lifted ET4 with like 35 inch tires and fancy rims and the whole thing. So she's a big gotcha. fan of that. Gotcha. No, she was not part of it at the start. It was just me. But then she went and like totally fucked that up. So she like, before we lose the house, I better step in. <laughs> 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 they were in pro tip. Make sure that someone that knows what the fuck is going on with the prevention. <laughs> like, I know. Uh... I'm popular because I, I give it a wealth of knowledge, Jim. Yeah. It's yeah, the value. The value, which I offer none of. I am just nothing. I'm just trying to, like, so I have I, nothing like, to I, offer I, but hard work. What's I saw, that? I saw you hydro seating today. Yeah. And, uh, like, you still think it's going to take? I'm just wondering, or are you doing that because you're commercially obligated to do it? I'm just wondering. Be- because so we do it because within seven days after topsoiling a site, you have to have ground coverage of like seeded ground coverage, right? If you don't, then there's more likelihood of weeds and all this shit. And it's mid July. I don't know if you've ever grass seeded around someone's patio or someone's lawn in mid July. It doesn't fucking grow in mid July unless you've got a lot of water. It's a wet season or whatever. So we're doing this knowing that we're going to have to take the water truck out there and water grass seed. And it's only to fulfill our 
contractual ob obligation on the job. Right. That's what I feel like. So I felt like that when I saw you doing it today. I was like, yeah. I feel like that's a contractual obligation because yeah. that doesn't seem like good timing. I mean, it's going to grow, right? Like, it's just not going to grow right now. Yeah. Once we hit, like, second week of August, it's going to shoot up. But until then, I'm going to have to deal with, well, the grass isn't really coming in yet. And do you think you could water it some more? And all the shit you have to deal with as a contractor just to, to save face. What percentage of your business is commercial? 80, I'd say right now. I like... Well, I'd like to think it's 80. It's eats, it for sure eats up at least 80% of our time. And we're trying to throw in like the odd residential one once a week or something, like a two day, send some guys out, knock out an entranceway or something like that, just because it helps with cash flow, especially because we haven't seen almost anything from any commercial job all year. And it's July now. So um, I'm not complaining. It is what it is. We'll get paid. But uh it's tough, especially um, being a, like a small, big landscape contractor, right? Like there's tons of companies that do this, but they're 60 guys deep and we're six guys deep or 12 guys deep. And so um, we've got our own set of problems for, for uh, playing with the big guys. I was wondering how many guys you have. Instead of just right watching, now, there's seven. Like all the work you're doing and just watching how much you get. Like it just, I was like, how many guys? Yes. There's seven of us right now, um, but one's semi-retired, so he'll come and run the water truck and stuff like that. Water trees, plant trees with us. He's uh, 65. He's the oldest guy that we've got, um, but he's a hard. You can't keep those old men down, right? Like they don't want to stop working. They, they just they're like, yeah, oh, sure, I'll help you for a week or whatever but uh no we do a lot of work with a small amount of guys like i and I, I don't like um i'll go out to some of these other commercial jobs and see like uh they'll have five guys waiting with rakes waiting for the guy with the skid steer to come and dump his bucket of topsoil and then they'll rake it and wait around again for the next bucket of topsoil for someone to dump the bucket of topsoil and they'll rake it and wait and that's what we used to do uh, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, whenever I worked for another landscape company, there's just so many easier ways to do things now that we can do the work of 12 guys with six guys yeah. by having things like our, our spinny bucket and Harley rake and all this shit. Right. <laughs> the spinny bucket definitely eliminates at least bucket. Although some of the big guys are getting on the spinny buckets there, like Tomlinson and Kavanaugh and see all these guys spinning. Out in the field. Why did you buy a steel list? Uh, my buddy Alan Shade, he owns a, a small, small, my, about my size construction company in Ottawa. He recommended steel wrist and uh, our service, McKinnon Field Service, they're out your way, Brampton or something like that. They've been awesome. They're really good, really good to deal with. Like they've came and uh installed my grapple like overnight at like 2 a.m because i needed the shovel the next day with the grapple and i couldn't take it off site so they were there with like headlamps and shit in the middle of the night in morrisburg which is a tiny town not too far from me and they just got it done right there 
Well, guys, is that a podcast? Sure. I don't know. Sure. It's uh, at some point we need to do like a introduction, like yeah, 